Do you know what unconscious habits are pulling you further away from replacing your income? And do you know how to replace those? Hi, I'm William Griffin, co-host of The Bob Podcast, and today I'm speaking with Jared Krause. He's the founder of buyingonlinebusinesses.com. He's an expert on buying and growing online businesses, and he now also helps take people with no online experience to buying and growing their own online businesses. With a decade of experience, Jared's strategies have generated millions of dollars in revenue for his clients. He has helped clients buy and grow online businesses across a range of niches, all with less time and less stress. Specifically in this pod, we talk about when should you quit your job when buying an online business. From there, we discuss why people who measure time in order to succeed most often fail and what metric you should actually measure to achieve success. Afterwards, we talk about how to work out what you need to sacrifice in order to achieve financial independence and how to set yourself up with certain anti-rewards that actually drive you towards your goals. We talk about certain habits that lock people into failure unless they know how to overcome them. Things like setting expectations, stress, anxiety, and addictions that people don't even realize they have. We talk about how glory stories, peer pressure, and certain environments are breeding grounds for failure and how to escape them, and so much more. So such an incredible episode. You're going to love this. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you that this podcast is not the only way we can help you for free. We have our due diligence framework, which has saved people millions and made people millions. Take the guesswork out of buying an online business and get the framework at buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources. The link will be in the description below. Do you have a website you might want to sell either now or in the future? We have a hungry list of cashed up and trained up buyers that want to buy your content website. If you have a site making over $300 per month and want to sell it, head to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash sell your business or email us at info at buyingonlinebusinesses.com because we will likely have a buyer. Details are in the description. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Buying Online Businesses podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Jared. Jared, I'm so stoked for us to get into this. I think this this episode is going to help a lot of people. For sure. I, when I saw the title, oh, when, when you floated this idea, I was like, wow, okay, this is really good. This is really juicy. So yeah, excited to w- see where we go with this one. That's right. That's right. So first question, what kind of people are you seeing being interested in buying an online business? I imagine that may have changed over time or maybe not, but just what, what kinds of people, what kind of avatars are you seeing? That's a really good question because it has changed and it does evolve. And you've got a few different groups of people depending on their goals. Predominantly, it's like what, what we help people do is we help people replace their income. So the large majority of people that we help are people that are running a normal nine to five job and they don't like it and they've also tried to start an online business and have failed or they've tried all these side hustles that haven't worked and they've come across this aha idea that I did of, hey, why don't you just buy one? And that message really resonates within them and then they follow the path and 
usually typically check out the content they really like it and, and follow it for a long time and then get started that's the majority of the people and then we also have people that come from real estate or have other investments but they want to get online they want to think they they're like i want to start doing this online thing you know it's it's become big and i want to start getting a piece of that pie and i want to make an income online that's the second group of people that we help is people that have you know a decent amount of money they might be buying something between 200 to 700k or a mil and sometimes there's people that want to purchase you know above that range as well but that's the second group of people that we help people that are high net worth individuals that need to put some money somewhere or they're just high net worth in terms that they they've worked in a career and they've mm -hmm. got an illustrious career and they've done really really well and they need to park some coin into an asset that's going to produce an income without them creating another full job full-time job for themselves. Right. So well, I'm curious about that first group you mentioned. So the first group, people who maybe potentially have failed in creating a business, are they particularly enthusiastic about the idea of not having to start another business? Like how how is their emotional reaction to the idea of buying versus starting a business? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, it's a massive relief because they, they go, oh, wow, like I can buy one. And then they go and look at the brokers and they see how much these businesses cost and how much they're making and what's work is required. There's a caveat with how much work's actually required, what the, the brokers list. You need to be realistic about that. And then it's a massive relief. It's like, wow, okay, there's people that have already done this. I don't need to go through the startup phase. Uh, so it's cutting out a massive time block and also a, possibly a massive expense where they may not get their ROI back in this. So they're definitely energized towards it, but there's still things that hold them back. And the biggest thing is, is mindset. And I just harp on about this again and again and again, and people can just people can just say, oh, Jared, all he talks is about his mindset. Well, that's really the most important thing anyway. <laughs> because if you don't have the right mindset around anything, then you're not getting anything done anyway. So uh, it's not just about buying a business. And that's where really, when we start out, I know this, I had all this energy that I needed to pour into, like I wanna get out of this job. And it's really good, but we have these, we don't know where to set the bar and we don't know what sort of expectations we should have in terms of how long is it gonna take us to buy a business? How long is it going to, are we gonna be on this journey for? What are the, what's the journey look like? And then we go away and see people that have achieved, you know, I bought, like, somebody in the course actually in the program bought a business within three weeks you know yeah. and it was making him two grand a month or 2100 a month and people look at those things and they go what the hell like okay <laughs> i'm gonna set if he can do it in three weeks surely i can do it in six weeks <laughs> right right which yeah. is just so stupid because they have this thought of like measuring time as a kpi as a metric of like mm -hmm. and somebody actually asked me this in an email the other day it's like how long does it take to finish the bob course and then how long does it take to go from where i'm at now to buying a business in terms of time and i'm like i don't care how long it takes you and you shouldn't either because you shouldn't track the time you should track the metric of the inputs you're putting in mm, which is right. like how many like how many things like how many businesses are you looking at how many sellers are you talking to how many due diligence are you doing how many reviews are you submitting they're the inputs versus tracking time because one person that does this within three weeks he's a he, he's a high achiever was a, mm -hmm. a professional athlete single male young no family living at uh, i'm pretty sure he was living at home and had all the time in the world he had all week to do as much work as he as he could and he mm. was so hungry as a high achiever he's like had the perfect storm to be able to achieve that result within a short time frame because 
he submitted like I think it might be like seven to ten due diligences in in two weeks. Good grief! Right, and it <laughs> takes people three months, people with a family, three to four months to get to that point. Right. Holy, right. he did have the perfect storm. Holy cow! He had the perfect storm. Yeah. So um, we can't like people compare time like it's relative to where they're at in their journey or in their life, but it's not because they don't they don't understand or think about this, and that's why people give up. Because like, well, this person, like this person did in this short of time and I can't, I suck. All you're seeing really is the, the glory stories on, on the case studies online from YouTube videos and podcasts anyway. Right, right. This is the same as the glory stories is the same as like scrolling Instagram. It's just as deceptive. <laughs> yeah, it's like the most condensed part of their life squashed into 15 seconds that's like the best thing that's happened to them all year. <laughs> right, right. And you you don't see any of the work that no. went into that 15 seconds at the beach on Instagram or whatever. Like, Yeah, it's like I, I, I go to Bali. I love surfing in Bali. I'm, I'm going there. I was there for a month last year and I'm going to go for a couple of months this year. And when you go to Bali, like if you like see photos of Bali, like if you type it into Google, like you're going to see the most lux luxury like beaches and but behind the shot is like filth and an <laughs> undeveloped country. And it's just like, my life's perfect. I'm on this beach every day. Really, really like you're in the hustle and bustle, which is what I like about Bali as well. You're in the hustle and bustle. Uh, and that's not for everyone. So there's a lot of people go to Bali and like, oh, it's a bit, it's not really my thing mm. because they just think it's all going to be roses. Right. You're not getting like the full resort experience is what was what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, they just have this expectation, right? That expectation that just wrecks us. Like I'm going to go to Bali and it's going to be amazing and I'm, everything's going to be super clean and works and mm -hmm. it's going to be easy. And that expectation can, can ruin your experience. Same with your expectation of buying a business. It can ruin your experience. I was writing earlier and I wrote about, we, we talk about miscon or people, Talk about misconceptions. And I thought about what are miss, miss expectations that trip us up. Mm. So it sounds like one of the miss expectations that trip us up is thinking that time is a KPI and that you can sometimes just do things very quickly. And that's just, that's a bad expectation. I like that. I like that analogy, miss expectation. It's great. That kind of leads to, there is a, it is not a bed of roses. If you want to, if you want to go buy a business, if you want to do anything, it's not a bed of roses. And I was curious if you had any insight on counting the cost of what should people consider? What are costs people should consider to the journey to buying an online business? What In are things they might have to give up or kill to buy yeah. an online business? Yeah. No yeah. Way. That's, that's really good. That's a really good question, man. So everything has a trade-off what we're gonna um what we want something of like we will we'll take away from something else in our life for example mm -hmm. if you've got children and you want to spend time with them but you also want to uh, ensure you have a good solid financial future for your children and your family there's a trade-off of like you need to sacrifice a little bit of time spent with them towards uh working on your financial independence. Mm -hmm. So that's a so that's a time cost. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this with a friend literally two days ago. He's like, oh, these so many people talk about side hustles. I was like, 
the only really way to do a side hustle is to just do it. Like you have to work a 60, 70 hour week. Well, I did 67. I worked a 70 hour week and then I worked 30 hours on the, on the computer afterwards. And I did training with my friend in between. This is 10 years ago. We've been doing training for like over the last part, more than a decade together. He's like, I remember, I remember when you did 70 hour work weeks, you'd come home, we'd do training quickly, you would eat, and then you get on the computer for five to six, seven hours a night. That's what had to be done. Like I sacrificed so much. I sacrificed time. I sacrificed a lot of my energy. And mm -hmm. also I sacrificed not spending much time with my friends as well. Right. And I was young and I was just hungry. So that there was, there was some cost there. That's important. So yeah, it's not just the, it's not just the monetary cost. We actually need to spend time, like give away some of our time. It's not giving it away. It's, it's investing it. I would say investing it into this thing. Um, <clears throat> and it's kind of comes back to the, do what you do, what others won't do now to live a life that most can't. Ooh, I like that. I butchered that a bit, but people get the ideology. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a couple of the costs. Is there are there any other costs that you see, or is that, you know some things that you were thinking about when you when you thought about this question? Yeah, I, I was thinking that when people ask about how to do anything, it's generally pretty obvious what we need to do. It's generally you need to do some kind of work over an extended period of time. It's never complicated. <laughs> At least nothing I've come cross is terribly complicated. It's just, this is the work and you have to do it over time. Mm. Mm. And so when, when people ask the question, like, Oh, how do you, how do you buy an online business? How do you get good, good at piano? How do you do stand up comedy? Whatever it is, mm. you gotta just have to do it. And I think people just don't want to, they don't really want it because they don't do it. And, um, they're not willing to sacrifice things. So I'm, I, so that's what I see. What do you what do you think is like something that what's like a sacred thing people just do not want to sacrifice that you see? I have one in mind. But um well you share that and then I want to share something else that you that you that you okay. that, that people okay. that's yeah. going to help people want to want to make these sacrifices. Yeah, um, yeah. Fuel. Yeah. Well, two two big ones I see are uh, con over consuming alcohol, basically. Um, because if, if you're going out too much or, or hungover, you're not gonna be very motivated to do the work necessary to buy an online business or really maybe do anything. Um, and then mm. the other one I see is scrolling social media. Um, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna say too much, but if you spend three hours a day scrolling something, that's three hours not doing some work that you may need to be doing or good rest. I don't know. What do you, what do you say? Oh, you spot on. You've <laughs> just brought up a real aggravator for me. Um, so we will try not to harp on it too long. <laughs> uh, but I also have empathy for those people mm. that drink alcohol and consume any social media. <laughs> the reason being is because it is, a, it's, addictive, right. uh, very, very addictive. And I think social media is probably more addictive than alcohol because I've used technology to really tap into our brains and our mind. It's also a comfort, comforting thing. Uh, yeah. I've spoken to a friend before, somebody I play tennis with, uh, very successful person, re retiring at 40, has some level of social anxiety, but 
to feel comfortable will go on social media and just and just scroll to just zone out from that so it's a clutch just like mm-hmm. alcohol is a clutch and it helps people get through life at times right. uh and i have massive empathy for people because i mean I, I i was experimenting with TikTok the other day for bob and putting some content on there and i went back a couple of weeks later to check how the content had fared and we got a few views which is cool mm-hmm. and i was just checking out what this TikTok thing is and i didn't want to work the rest of the day so i consciously had time to burn and i spent like three hours on TikTok scrolling through because the content is so damn good and so yeah. funny and juicy and it's rich and they've just really tapped into the human psyche and uh so i can see how addictive it is so i'm very that's why i don't consume social media because i'm very conscious of like how addictive it is um right. and it does burn a lot of time but we've got to understand that yes it's a an addiction and have empathy around that but also understand that it's what i call the red line decision huh. versus a green line decision just like we have second and third order consequences mm. like drinking alcohol and i've shared this share this on other interviews that i've been on if i give in to peer pressure of drinking alcohol like when i was younger drink 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 it can either be a red line decision it can be a good decision or a bad bad decision which can compound either way either side so if i drink then i'm gonna give up on not surfing very well the next morning or being hung over and giving up the whole day and that's the second and third order consequences then i feel crap and i roll into monday with a second day hangover i don't end up surfing i don't give myself the me time and the health that i need so that's a red line decision so one red line decision just takes you down multiple notches from the second and third order consequences versus going uh, no i'm gonna not consciously stop social media or consciously not drink this alcohol uh, it's hard because it's not comfortable because you're outside your comfort zone of the norm of social media or alcohol. So it's uncomfortable, but it's a really, really one of the most impactful decisions because the second and third order consequences is that you don't drink the alcohol, you're sharp as a tack and you've got time to do other things. And I'm glad that you brought this up, William, because I'm very far removed from the the alcohol and the partying and social media because in my world, I don't. it's not a thing right mm-hmm. i noticed i noticed people have it not so much alcohol anymore because i don't surround myself there but especially social media I'm, I'm pretty closed off from that so i'm so glad you brought it up because it's massive it's huge i remember when i first started uh the biggest thing that i had to stop people doing was and what i helped them save money on was alcohol hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars a week on alcohol and right. cigarettes and smoking now it's vaping but I would, I could, I could save people anywhere from a couple of hundred dollars a year to tens of thousands of dollars a year just by cutting out some entertainment expenses that were compounding their life in a negative way. So red line decisions with the second and third order consequences of what they were spending their time and money on. And so you're right. This is a huge one, a huge one for people to think about. Not that we all need to be these perfect angels, you know we can dabble in things every now and then but it's worth sacrificing uh i believe a lot of entertainment if not most entertainment expenses to get ahead and then recalibrate to bring entertainment back into your life which is what i have slowly done over time because i used to be this robot like so strict (laughs) right and robots break (laughs) yeah robots and i did i broke
back. Yeah. yeah, I broke. I got really sick and worked too much. And yeah, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying about empathy. Um, I love what you're saying about red line and green line decisions. Is there going off of that idea, if someone's trying to put away alcohol a little bit or reduce the alcohol, what's something good or what are good things you've seen people replace? Because you can't yeah. just tell people don't have fun, don't this or that. You need to replace <laughs> it with something good. So what, yeah, what you, it's what really you good. Think? You know a lot about personal development here. There's a great book, um, and I'm glad that you you, you mentioned replace. The great book called uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'm pretty sure it's James mm-hmm. Clear, uh, and he talks about you can't just give up a habit; you should replace it with something else. So, um, social media, like what I did is I, to get off it, I got a surfing game uh, on my phone and I would just play the surfing game, which wasn't addictive and it got boring over time anyway. So mm-hmm. I'd just play that. Also, I played, uh, I learned a language like I did Duolingo for Spanish. Wow. And I would do these other things on my phone and then I realized like, I don't really care for this. And then every time I went on my phone, instead of going to social media, mm-hmm. I would put it, in, I, would, I would go to something, I would go to something else. And now I'm just like, I don't really like when I pick up my phone, it's like, do I play a game or do I text message? And I just pick up my phone literally to just text message now. Um, so you can wean yourself out of it completely. And yeah, there's some things that you can replace. Alcohol is like a simple one. It's just mm-hmm. get a um, a different drink. <laughs> right, right. Or, right. Or, or don't always go to the same parties where everyone has to be legless within a couple of hours. Australian right. drinking culture is in infinitely worse than American drinking culture. I can mm. tell you that much because I've mm. lived in America and I've partied in America and I've done a lot of that in Australia too, obviously. And Australians are just, we can be animals at times. <laughs> <laughs> Another level. <laughs> Another level. Yeah. And you've seen it as well, William. You've, you've lived in Australia too, right? Yeah, yeah. I lived in Sydney and the Gold Coast and it's another level, man. It's another level. Someone out there who's considering buying an online business, but they want to quit their job. What do you have to say to someone who just wants to quit their job? Keep your job. (laughs) We talked about stress, right? And anxiety and how hard it is to live with. And this this is just a case scenario that can is likely to happen. Somebody quits their job and they're they regularly drink or have, or, or uh, you know, addicted to social media. Most people have some slight addiction to social media, and then because then they've they've quit their job and they got no income stream coming in, mm-hmm. and because they got no income stream coming in, they get worried about financial uh, their financial situation. They need to try and buy a business very very fast so they can get an income very very fast. Mm-hmm. The reality is that sometimes there may not be those deals out there that are right for you. And right. also, most importantly, it takes you the reps to sit, look at multiple businesses, speak to sellers, put offers in, do lots of due diligence to get to the point that you know and have confidence in the business that you're making offers on or going to mm-hmm. buy. And that can take that can take time. And you have a lot more time. So you could do that in a shorter period of time than most people with a job. But because the stress and the pressure is you try and force yourself into something faster and then also with that, when that pressure and stress becomes too much, then you go to your clutch of like, oh, I just, I have this anxiety of like, I need to make this work. I'm going to just zone out and give myself a bit of a break, you know, self-love with uh, social media or alcohol. Mm-hmm. 
let's be real. It's not the, it's the red line decisions. So I would say, keep your job. If your goal is to replace your income, sometimes we need, do need to go backwards a couple of steps to get forwards. But going back too far is makes it so much harder to really get to that goal. And I believe when you quit your job, you're going back very, very far, unless you have a decent amount of income uh, or capital that you can rely on and you are very, very certain that you're not going to be worried or stressed or force yourself into a position that you need to buy something fast. For example, say somebody has 200K cash, capital, great. You can live off that for a while, but the longer you do it, the more your money is going to wean down. And maybe after a year or two, you've got like 150 and you're like, oh, I just need to spend this before I, I need to spend this on a business before I spend it too much on my expenses. And then you rush into something. So there's so many situations where it's it can be dangerous. And also, I just think it's less stressful when you've got a job and you're earning an income and you're just ch slowly chunking up by going, I'm just going to buy this business and add that income in, right? Rather than take one out. Setting yourself up for success is to keep your job. Honestly, begin doing due diligence, begin doing the steps necessary to, to buy an online business. You kind of don't throw away your support before you have a new, a new boat to get into, you know? Correct. Yeah. Do you think with someone who, who is staying with their job and wanting to buy an online business and they're, they're doing the right things, they're doing due diligence. How do you, how do you view having a schedule or, or what's a reasonable expectation for, for how much due diligence they can be doing per week? Or what do you, what do you think? How do you gauge that? Your question is basically how does somebody set up a schedule for themselves to make sure they get a result? Right. That they can, that they can handle. Right. That they can handle. So everybody's life is very, very different. It'd be stupid for me to say, all right, cool. Every afternoon or every evening, spend two hours on the computer or three hours on the computer. Some people have exercise to do. Some people have families. Mm -hmm. Some people have other people to care for. So, and other responsibilities outside of work and buying a business. So I totally understand where they're at. Of course, there should be some sacrifices made. I think step one, before you even think about a schedule is work out what you can sacrifice, what you're willing to give up, those costs that you mentioned before. Be conscious of them because you're gonna put your that time and energy towards something else. And then with that time, schedule it into your calendar and make sure you do it. It's kind of like when you have a weight, a, a, a weight goal or a gym goal or a body goal, whatever it is, health goal. If it's not important enough to schedule in to go to the gym, you're not going to go to the gym. So schedule it in and make sure it's very, very hard for you to not, not do that practice or not go to the gym. For example, give yourself, if you don't go to the gym, you have to clean the house or you have to do something ridiculous. Like you have to give like, $2,000 to charity if you don't go to the gym. Every time you go, don't go to the gym, you've got to give a lot of money away or something. It's going to force you to do that, right? And yeah. you can use that as motivation when you need to look at businesses, do due diligence, do the work, complete the course, all that stuff. Um, you can, every time that you schedule something in and you don't do it, you, you can make that incentive to do it. Yeah. I love that. I don't know if I've ever pieced that one together. I've never heard that. It's, it's like an anti-reward. Yeah. It's like the opposite of rewarding yourself. Because usually we want to like, oh, disregard the thing and then watch television or do whatever the pleasurable thing is. But you're saying- I got a friend. I got a friend every weekend. He's like, I've got to surf. I've got to surf every weekend, even if it's crap. I'm like, the waves are barely breaking. He's like, I've got to go. I was like, why? He's like, otherwise I've got to clean the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's like, I hate vacuuming. I was like, you're too funny.
he has to do it anyway but still it's that's that's where i came up with that i love that i love that well i think we've hit a great a great spot to call it call it a night and um jared i want to thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for your questions i love it really appreciate these chats so it's cool to blend all the personal development and all the things that I've learned over the last two decades into achieving goals of buying a business and and teach it. So uh, I, I absolutely love, love it. So thanks. All right. You're welcome.